Welcome back, everybody, to the Prescribed Truth Podcast. I'm your host, Jamal Bandy, the one who seeks to distribute the truth that the doctor prescribes to the church and the world today. Also, a part of the Christian podcast community. If you'd like to contact me, you can do so by emailing me at prescribed.truth at gmail.com or you can call me at 801-980-6333 and leave a voicemail or you can text your questions to that number. I want to give a special thank you to all of our listeners for the Prescribed Truth Podcast and all those of you who download. I greatly appreciate you. And thank you for those who send me emails and, and feedback and everything else is greatly appreciated. With that being said, I thought I'd continue with this episode dealing with the subject of divorce concerning Christians. I know I've done two podcasts on this so far. But I felt like I wanted to make this podcast to clarify some things that I should have made clear when I did the previous two podcasts. So if you listen to those podcasts, I'm pretty sure you have a lot of questions as I received a bunch of questions and I want to address them here today. Now, in the other podcast, I basically made the stance that when it comes to divorce, that Christians ought not to divorce their spouses. On the basis of two things. One, what scripture teaches concerning what love is. And two, the vows that we make. Now, there's a principle in scripture that it's better to not make a vow than to make a vow and then to second guess it or then to break it. But I didn't leave room for certain instances where the other party is the one who abandons or leaves or whatever the case may be. And the the one who decides to stay or the one who desires to stay is left alone to pick up the pieces. And so I figured that I would use scripture, go to scripture and to flesh out this point and then give you my stance as to what I see through scripture. So let's just jump right into scripture. I wanted to read first Corinthians chapter seven and I want to start at verse 10 and work our way through. So after the Apostle Paul deals with single people concerning lust and how they burn with sexual desire and it's better for them to marry than to burn, he goes on to say in verse 10, to the married I command, not I, but the Lord, a wife must not separate from her husband, period. But that's what it says. Some commentaries would note that Paul would also include the exception clause given in Matthew by Jesus. But... Here we see Paul is saying, period, to the married, I command, not I, but the Lord, a wife must not separate from her husband, period. It doesn't give a clause. It doesn't say if it's for sexual immorality or any of that, but period. Now, I made a claim in one of my other videos, I said a video, I said in a video as well, but also on the podcast that when Jesus gave the, the exception clause, as we call it, when he says, except for sexual immorality, it is okay or permissible to divorce your spouse. I made a claim that in that time, especially during that time, that when you were engaged to your spouse, you were considered, they were considered your, your wife or your husband, as in the case of Mary and Joseph. Now, I still invite some, uh, some critiques on that and some comments on that. Um, I know there are differing views with that, but I invite the conversation and I'm interested into hearing what any pushback will be on that. Um, and so when it comes to here, 
Paul is being clear that this is not just engaged people, but these are people who are actually married. We know that Joseph was engaged to Mary. He was betrothed to her. But when she was found with child, he sought to divorce her quietly. Now, if they weren't yet married, then why would they use the terminology of divorcing her or putting her away if they were not yet married? But in that context, being engaged was just as serious. It was a contact. It was a contractual agreement, if you will, of it was a commitment. It was a covenant already a promise that this person will marry this individual. Um, the families were involved and everything else. It was just as serious as the actual marriage itself. And the scriptures called Mary his wife. The angel came to Joseph and said, do not fear to marry, to take her as your wife, to continue to marry her. So there's a, there's a level here. There seems to be a level here in the scriptures from being engaged to actually marry. Yet, yet Mary was still considered to be Joseph's wife and and Joseph was considered to be her husband. All right. So that's all I'm going to spend on that. I do still invite the conversation on that. But Paul goes on. He says, I'm going to read verse 10 again. To the married I command, not I but the Lord, a wife must not separate from her husband. Verse 11, but if indeed she does separate, she must remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband, and a husband must not divorce his wife. Now this is what Paul says. This, what makes it so interesting here is that he's saying that this is of the Lord. This is based off a direct command from God. To the married, I command, not I, but the Lord. Now, in other parts of scripture, which we're going to read, he's going to say that it was him who said it and not the Lord. And what he means by that is not that what he's saying is, isn't inspired by our God, but that this, what he's going to say concerning his own words versus not the Lord is that it wasn't a direct command from God, but it is a direct command by God that when two people, a man and a woman have joined together, they are one flesh. They aren't to be separated. So verse 12, he goes on to say, now to the rest, I say, not the Lord. So this is Paul saying that this is, in the com this is a direct command from God or a direct instruction from God. But this is what he's saying. This is still inspired scripture. And I, I should have made this clear or clarified this point when I made my podcast earlier. So for those of you who listened, I hope this gives some clarity and also helps the conversation go forward. So it says, now to the rest, I say, but not the Lord. If any brother has an unbelieving wife and she consents to live with him, he must not divorce her. And if any wife has an unbelieving husband and he consents to live with her, she must not divorce her husband. So here in these two verses, we have a little spin here. Somebody consenting. But look at the look at the the contrast here. This isn't a believing wife and a believing husband. This is an unbelieving wife and dealing with an unbelieving husband. Now, I made clear in my other podcast that in where I stand is concerning two believers, two born again believers, that even though there may be sin that has happened in the marriage, yet those sins are forgivable. Why? Because we have been forgiven much and you can say whatever sin it is, but those things can be forgiven. Those things can be healed from. It is possible. I know this is a highly emotional subject and I know, I know it is sensitive, but the truth still remains. Sin is sin. 
But who is the one? And this is one of the things I, once again, I challenge my, my reformed brothers and sisters. And I'm reformed myself. Is God sovereign over hearts? Is God the one who changes one's heart from loving their sin to loving righteousness? Yes, he is. And so that is where I stand on this. And this is why I stand on it. But as we continue in this um, chapter, he says, verse 14, for the unbelieving husband is sanctified by his wife and the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the brother or husband in some translations, since otherwise your children are unclean, but now they are holy. So it's saying even with one believing spouse, your children will be considered holy in the sense of set apart. And it's also with dealing with sanctification because of the leading of the husband and because of the chasteness and the believing wife, the spouses are sanctified and that's beautiful. So there's a reason in that of not to divorce your spouse, the unbelieving spouse. But verse 15 is where we see something else. Verse 15 is where Paul says, but if the unbeliever leaves, let him leave. So in the same sense, you could say, well, if the unbeliever leaves, let her leave. Either one, whether you the man or the woman, if they leave, let them leave. The brother or the sister is not bound in such cases. But God has called us in peace. For how do you know, wife, whether you will save your husband? Or how do you know, husband, whether you will save your wife? So it's interesting in verse 16. Paul goes back to what he was trying to say in the previous um, verse in verse 14, that because of the believing spouse, there is a leading dealing with the Lord. So the believing husband will lead in righteousness prayerfully, even in his failures. You know, he will lead in righteousness. He will lead in love. He will lead in the word. Um, he would challenge his wife with godly worldviews, uh, godly worldviews, like his multiple worldviews. <laughs> he would challenge his wife with a godly worldview in the midst of the trials and tribulations that they may face. And though they have different worldviews, he will stand on what is true. So how do you know, husband, whether you will save your wife in this sense by preaching the gospel to her? You know, these are encouraging words. Same thing with the wife who has an unbelieving husband. How do you know? that you won't save your husband. Even though we know that salvation is of the Lord, how do you know that your testimony, your sharing the gospel with your spouse, your husband, how do you know the Lord would not use that to turn his heart to trust him? These things we don't know, but we do know that God is the one who is sovereign over hearts. So with this being said in reading the scripture, I thought it would be good for me to make clear that in the case of abandonment, when verse 15 says, but if the unbeliever leaves, let him leave. Now notice Paul is making a distinction between an unbeliever and a believer. He's saying this is an unbeliever. They will leave. So prayerfully we know that if, we, if they are a believer, they won't be leaving. They won't abandon, right? They won't do that. You know, if they do try to leave, the Holy Spirit will convict them and they'll return. But here he says, if the unbeliever leaves, let him leave. So now here... I said last time that if someone um, leaves, and once again, I was talking in context of two believers, you know, um, but in the case of a believing man who leaves his spouse, who abandons his family, 
after the church gets involved and there's church discipline, they're seen as an unbeliever. If they're seen as an unbeliever by not returning, and this this length of time could be months, you know, it could be, a, you know, this is something that you should talk with your elders about if the situation arises. But I'm not talking about a person who leaves over a course of a week or two, you know, or even a month at that. You know, but when they've gone for a length of a period of length of time, like months at the t- months and no return and no hope of coming back. Well, like Paul says, let him leave the brother or sister is not bound in such cases. You're not bound in those cases. So I want to make it clear. I do believe what scripture teaches concerning these exceptions here. But notice the contrast. Notice the difference between what the scriptures are talking about and what I was conveying in my in my previous podcast is that I'm talking about in the case of two believers, two believers. All right. Now, we all profess Christ or we all can profess Christ, but our actions and the fruit that we bear will show whether or not we're truly in Christ or not. I do believe that a believing husband will never abandon his wife and his children. Never. A believing husband won't do that. One who trusts in the Lord will not do that. They may split for a little bit. Things may get so rough that they may leave for a week, maybe, if that much. Because I believe the Holy Spirit will convict them. Because there's no way they can lead their family and uphold to what they are called to be as husbands and fathers by being separated from their spouse and their children. So no, a believing husband will never separate from his wife or will never divorce his wife in that sense or abandon his wife in that sense. So no, um, I do still hold to that. And I still invite conversation. You know, I think I think when a man abandons his home, abandons his family and claims to be a believer, that in time it will show that he wasn't truly a believer at all. I think I've shared this in the podcast, but if I didn't, I'm going to share it now. You know, my previous marriage, I abandoned my wife and my children. You know, when I say my children, they were my biological children. I need to make that distinction clear, but neither did that matter. I was married and I abandoned my wife and her kids. I did, you know, and I thought I was saved. I thought I was a Christian. Um, I was preaching at the time. I was a, or you know, a quote unquote elder, <laughs> not the biblical view of an elder. You know, I was in uh, some some false teaching churches, and you know all that kind of stuff. So anyway, you know my spill. If you've listened to my podcast long enough, you know that kind of stuff about my past. But I was in a previous marriage, and that's where I did. I, I abandoned my family, you know, and that was sinful on my part. But also, I wasn't saved. Neither one, neither one of us was saved, you know, going in two different directions in life, but neither one of us was saved, but I abandoned my family. And so, no, having gone through that and experienced that, it's hard for me to believe, according to what scripture teaches, that a believing husband will do so. Now, are there cases, and I know there are Christian women who, and who are married to professing Christian men who are abusing them, who are abandoning them and all these things. Guys, I don't mean to make little of any of that. You know, all because somebody professes to be a Christian don't mean they are. I mean, you can claim to, you can wear the, you can get the, you can buy a jersey um, that has Atlanta Hawks on it and put your name on the back of it, get it stitched on there, but that won't make you a player of the team, you know? So, unfortunately, this happens, you know, and in, in some churches, it happens. I got, I receive emails. I talk to women where these things are happening in churches where you got professing men in leadership positions who are abusive to their spouses and abandoning them. You know, it is sad. It's sad. And so I want to make, I want to make clear that if you have an unbelieving spouse, 
and they abandon you, whether it be a man and a wife abandons them, whether it be a woman and a husband abandons them. Like scripture says, let him leave. You're not bound in such cases. But I'm speaking of two believers, two believers who are going through a rough time, who both love the Lord, who both trust in the Lord. Don't divorce your spouse. You ought not divorce your spouse. As Paul said in verse 10, to the married, I command not I, but the Lord, a wife must not separate from her husband. And verse 11 towards the end, and a husband must not divorce his wife. That's scripture. So anyway, I hope this gives some kind of clarity and so uh, what I was sharing with in the previous podcast and thank you so much for those who reached who reached out and sent me emails and gave me phone calls man I greatly appreciate your input you know cuz these things have to be made clear you know these things have to be made clear this like I said this is a highly sensitive topic and an emotional topic and I understand you know and so uh with that being said remember this world is full of errors but the only thing that the doctor prescribes is truth. Blessings.